What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 345, broken up into two parts, A and B. E? B? Thank you. 345A, posting on 829, will be a discussion on Blue Beetle, the latest from the DC Universe. And 345B, posting on September 1st, we are already almost into fall, will be a discussion on the Beanie Bubble. Blue Beetle Beanie Bubble from Apple TV Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host Roger Stillian. And Chris Beetle on Baby Vac- Bubble. <laughs> Chris is on vacation. So he will not be joining us tonight, Roger. How are you? It's been a while since it's just been you and me. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Um, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, my anxiety levels are about nine thousand percent higher than normal this week. So, you know, everything's cool. You want, Ought to be want, a great show. Rock and roll. You want to talk about that or no? Nah, not really. Uh, <laughs> maybe next week when I'm like yeah. less, you know, anxiety riddled about it. So that's fair. Which, well, we're recording. You know, on, we're recording on Monday yeah, we're night now. Day. We had some had some stuff come up, and uh, no, you know, no worries. We can. I am T minus three days of leaving Atlanta, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. wait I thought you were going to be there for another like week and a half. No, I'm leaving Friday morning. I'm out. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were there for another week. No, I am. Uh, no, we're leaving. But this, this, I, I was, I was waiting to see because so my show. I mean, look, it's no. I, I was asked when I started. My, my boss don't talk about this, but look, everyone, Bad Boys Four. I'm working on Bad Boys Four. Um, so there's no secret. They, they wait. Wanted, you are. <laughs> they wanted to shoot, uh, do some reshoots in. First, it was actually like two weeks ago they wanted to do reshoots, but that obviously wasn't happening. <laughs> nope. And now they have reshoots scheduled for later in the year, which I still I don't think is going to happen. But they have people waiting on until that is a yes or no, uh, definitely. So that will be – but I don't think they're going to get what they need until the strike ends, which I don't think is coming to its close anytime soon. From what I hear, the chatter is still the same. But uh, the studios, I think, still have no interest in coming any closer to the demands of the other people. If the other, if if the other side isn't going to come closer with what they need, also, so which you know, look, respectable and commendable, but you're going to run out of content eventually. You run out of content. Going to be a little dry for a while. But I mean, I guess that's what reality TV's for. I guess, or like sports. And look, if you're going to go dry, fall's the time to do it, because at least you have football. And that, It's true. It's true. Football, in- no matter how good your TV show is, football's better. Well, yeah, <laughs> it draws a much, you know. It draws more, diverse, more ratings. More and ratings. A lot, a lot more advertising. Absolutely does. Every year, too, without without fail. Uh, we got some sad news, though, this week. Uh, and I wish Chris was here to talk about it. But Dune got pushed back. Yep. Yep, Dude, yep. part two. However, I don't know if you saw the social media. Um, I, I know I sent it to you and Chris. I, I know you. I saw you. I don't know if you had time to like look at the article, but so they're think so. Villeneuve is thinking about Dune part three now, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about the Dune world except for what I've seen. But so that's there's a lot. From, it's big. That's coming from another book, right? You said Dune Messiah. So Dune part three, yeah. So he said he's into uh, maybe doing a third one, and that would he said it would loosely follow the second book, which is Dune Messiah. Which in so Dune part two, you're going to see the um, the rise of Paul Atreides, and uh, spoiler, he's not going to die um, because you know there's like a ton more than just one book of Dune. Um, and Dune Messiah is him coming into his like full power. So 
Paul Atreides is a dude, man. He's a dude. Well, I mean, Timothy Chalamet is a good guy to play him, too. So Yeah, hell yeah. My point I mean, what's he ever up, bad in though? Nothing. He's absolutely fucking nothing. It's he's so young and he's so good. Like he's like one of the he's like one of the promised men. Like he's gonna he's gonna do so much amazing things. He is the chosen one. <laughs> I don't know if you just heard that thunder crack, but I'm in no, a so good. if we get cut off, then we I hope you get, get struck off. by lightning. That's a terrible thing to like wish right through the microphone, right in your mouth hole. My mouth hole. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, the reason I bring up Dune is because with Dune being pushed out of 2023. We were talking about last week how how just terrible it looks. We'll get into that a little later, but man, it just that sucks for for theaters. That just sucks for theater attendance. But here's the thing: it might be better for Dune. Well, no, of, uh, of course you got to you got to protect your own interests. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, however, Dune is just the first, probably of many dominoes. This first, season. it's the first real big domino to fall out. Of this year, so, so others will undoubtedly fall because there's also a rise in, you know, people talking about a rise in COVID again, and also yep. the strike is, is, you know, is far from over and it's still uncertain. So, look, theaters don't need this right now. Theaters just recovered from what should have been the most horrible incident in all of movie history, and they're about to go through it a second time. So, I just hope they say they survive it because I'll be very sad, Panda, if they do not. But anyway, yep. we'll get into that a little later. Let's start the show, my friend. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Blue Beetle Beanie Bubble. There you go. This is episode 345 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. And before we jump into... Box office, I have to say, uh, I've noticed quite a bit of uptick in our listenership, and I just want to say thank you for those of you listening and telling your friends. It's it's a it's it's a, it's quite an honor to to have that. I I know I know people who have contacted me, old friends who have contacted me through Facebook and said, "Hey, man, I you know we haven't talked since middle school, but I, a friend of mine told me about your show, and I listen to it, and I I, I love it." So um, I'm very humbled that people are enjoying our content. Uh, it's, what, it's what's Facebook. <laughs> Meta, sorry, Meta. Oh, um, what's yeah, Meta? So, <laughs> well, so I'm very, we're very humbled that you are listening to us, and we hope that you continue to listen to us. Our, us Welcome, new people. I'm the domineering force of this show. Yes, that's Roger, the domineering force <laughs> of this show. <laughs> never told a lie or a joke. No, nope, never either. told a joke <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, sir. Let's uh, look at the box office and Barbie, unseated by number one for the second week in a row by Gran Turismo with a 17.4 million domestic. Oof. bringing in a worldwide of 53.9 which that's not too bad actually so with gran turismo pulling 17 or let's call it let's round it up do easy math here 18 million so gran turismo has been in like preview showing for like two and a half or three weeks now it has i so saw i wonder if that's ago. like its own number or like they rolled it all into this because if they rolled it all into this weekend yikes and it's still <laughs> just 17.4 yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I don't, but I don't know what else. I don't know how well she'd because the box, well, the the numbers add up well, to fifty three point nine, and they wouldn't have rolled it into international. Nope, sure wouldn't. So I just don't understand. And it, for those of you who don't know, who don't, you're not gamers. Gran Turismo is a massive, massive IP for PlayStation. It's probably the biggest race. Well, it is the ba- biggest racing sim simulation game on playstation probably number one or number at lowest number two in all the video games 
So well, I say number one played only because next box doesn't do anything in Europe. So no, that's true. I would imagine, but f- people do talk about Forza her wait, just Forza, Forza. as, as Forza. a much, yep. as I don't want to say much better, but like, it's just a higher quality production. They, they're, they're both excellent games. Yes. So, but yeah, but, um, but Gran Turismo is going to do most of his business. I would imagine over not in the U S anyway. That's man. One when I was in college, I think I put, Gran Turismo two or three, I don't remember which one, but I'm talking like a million hours. A million hours, shit. not at yeah. all a uh, exaggeration. No shit, no. <laughs> I do play them. Um, I I know that's not at all my persona, but I do enjoy the sim aspect of it. I always have, even since since Gran Turismo two, I've always enjoyed the sim aspect of it. So I always buy the collector's editions, and I always enjoy what they come with and all the cool little gadgets and cars they come with over the years, but. I, I do respect the hell out of Gran Turismo. The the amount of detail they put into building yep. these tracks and these cars, it's incredible. Yep. Like I mean, these people just don't get paid enough for what they do. Just all the little details, and I'm a big fan of it. But we're going to talk about that next week. And I, I saw it a couple weeks ago, actually, with the accountant who's now working on my show, and she did that show. So I'm trying to convince her to come on Ooh, or do a little soundbite. Guest appearance. But uh, yes. yeah, it's uh, I got a lot of yes. uh, I got a lot of inside baseball when it comes to Gran Turismo. But with that one, we're going to be looking at next week. Number two, Barbie still steamrolling ahead. Another well, okay. So Barbie in its what fifth, sixth week, one hundred and forty second week, <laughs> has done seventeen point one, just point three million less than Gran Turismo in its opening weekend. Jesus, I know Barbie is so almost it, baby. Barbie almost <laughs> climbed back. It's sitting at a 1.342, which is, I think it probably passed Mario at this point. Or What or, comes or, out next week? What comes out this week? Is it the Nun? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Well, no, because, like, is Barbie going to go back to number one? I'm, I assume it will. I assume it will. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, buddy. So, worldwide's at 1.342, which is right around where Mario was, which was the current, which was the previous. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's it will, it, I don't think, I don't know if it has, but it will pass Mario this week. Well, it's not slowing down. I mean, it's no, staying it's still in going. Still going. Seventeen to twenty. It's going to be there for a few more weeks. Blue Beetle number three, twelve point eight million, bring us worldwide to eighty-two. Uh, respectable, but still not where they want to be. But that you know, so that's five seconds on Blue Beetle. Spoiler: It's okay. Yeah, I, was I mean, su- I was surprised. Wow, was I shocked by that? Well, I was too, and I I have some points I want to talk about, but yeah, I actually yeah, basically have about a you know two thirds of the show to talk about. It, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's no. weird. Um, I really enjoyed my time with with Blue Beetle, but I'm Blue just Beetle. I'm just happy it wasn't I'm just happy it wasn't bad. All right, Oppenheimer eight point two million worldwide of seven 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 point nine million. So it's officially the highest domestic grossing film that has never hit number one. <laughs> In that's any kind of, week, so that's, cool that's an impressive record to have. It would have had, had, had Barbie I mean, not existed, but yeah, but I mean, good for Oppenheimer, you know, slowly creeping away. So Oppenheimer is probably going to peter out, though. Unfortunately, um, it'd be cool if it hit, you know, eight hundred million dollars. So, like, what a win that would be. Well, it's still probably got another week or two of, of at least somewhat of a decent showing. Sure. However, but, well, like yeah. with things getting pushed, um, Barbie and Oppenheimer may enjoy extended periods of time in the in the theater. If there's nothing else to watch, then people may do that. But number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem sitting at number five, seven point three million with a worldwide of one hundred and thirty six. If you didn't listen, I really love that show. Really love that movie. I thought it was That's great. A, it's de- it's 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 actually really good. It's. The more I think about it, the more I like it. However, I wish we're in a good run of decent animation. So, like, we really are. 
good for us right now. It doesn't happen often, but yeah. Nope, it's, go um, watch that, people, for real. I'm really excited for the sequel to see where they go with it. And the show. I'm actually may check that show out. Though it'll be on what I imagine Paramount Plus, right? Nickelodeon. Or yeah, I mean same same. If it's thing, if it's Nickelodeon, yeah, Paramount's to Nickelodeon. But all right, let's take a quick look. Six through ten. Uh the Meg two, the trench is still trucking along, man. It's three hundred and fifty three million. That's done so much more than I thought it was gonna do. Allegedly came out via Torrance yesterday. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Strays, which I saw, it is quite funny, and a, a guy's dick does get bitten off, as promised. Uh, it's sitting at a very as easy. promised, like we were waiting and to find out if that was going to happen. It's sitting That's at a very measly twenty one point seven. Actually, the first week was only eight, so it the second weekend was so word of mouth must be going around. It, it is quite funny. It's very raunchy, uh, but it is very funny. Elsa Fisher does a great job. Will Ferrell does a great job. The old Jamie Jamie Fox, uh, like, splendid job, hilarious. I was I was laughing. I was rolling most of it. It's it's a lot of very very inappropriate dialogue, and I'm saying that in in the context of 2023, we're like there's not much inappropriateness anymore because we breached everything. But there is so much inappropriate in strays, but it's funny <laughs> and it's and it's very clever at times. So I, I mean, I, clever is important because like legitimately, I'm like, listen, I'm an R-rated comedy guy as much as you really can be. That said, like strays. It's not really even on my radar. Like it's not like the premise. I don't really care, but it, it's interesting to say that you actually found it fairly funny and clever. So I mean, I guess when it comes out later on digitally, I'll probably check it out. So oh, I oh, I laugh, but I mean, a second viewing would be not nearly as much either one of those things, unfortunately. But it it is a very funny first time through, and it is. Um, what's the 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 two guys that got fired from Solo that then wrote Spider Verse? Gordon Miller. Lord Miller, they um they had a big presence with this too. But this is their first. I don't. I mean, it's funny, so I'll. I'm glad they did it. But this is their first. I would consider a miss for them because this is. I had forgotten that they had anything to do with this. When I saw their names in the credits, I knew immediately where some of the cleverness had come from. But also, I was kind of deflated. Like ah, I expected a better movie from those two because everything they give mm-hmm. us is just even. Even Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street, those are fucking great, man. Yep, those are good. Those movies. those really are a good watch. But uh Strays is hilarious. If you haven't checked, you should check that out with some friends if you have not. Retribution number eight, Liam Neeson. God, terrible. Three point five million dollars. Okay, Liam, maybe it's time to stop with these. If your opening weekend is three and a half million dollars, maybe it's time to call that quits on that. Yeah, you think so, huh? <laughs> I, I mean I, th- I thought so like seven movies ago, but you know, no one no one ever asked us. So The Hill, number nine, and number ten, talk to me. Still in the top ten. Good for you, talk to me. 55 million. That's way more than I thought you'd do, but okay. So there's your, there's your box office. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of change coming up because I just don't see much coming out. No, not a whole lot on the radar let's just, right now. Let's just talk about that for two minutes, though. Is This past weekend, the 25th, brought us Bottoms, Golda, Gran Turismo went wider, The Hill, and Retribution. Five movies, none of which... Well, Gran Turismo was in the Gran Turismo is the only one that matters. <laughs> yeah, and then Friday the first Equalizer three, which again I'm oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, That's... damning in its its own right. But if anyone's going to be excited for that, Roger, it's people like you and me. We get sure. this movie, we like the original, and I'm not excited for this. You even forgot it existed. You know, it's just it's a shame that movies are in the state that they're in. But I'm excited. I'll be, I'm not excited, but I will enjoy watching it. I'm sure. But I'm I'm not gonna. 
I'm, I rewatched the first one. I'm not going to rewatch the second one because I just didn't like the second one. But September 8th, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. A movie Great. that no one's. That, yeah. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, which will do nothing. And The Nun 2, which will do some business. I just don't think it's going to do gangbusters like it, like it wants to. <laughs> September 25th. Sorry, September 15th. Camp Hideout, A Haunting in Venice, and The Inventor. So pretty much just A Haunting in Venice. And September 22nd, Expendables 4 and Stop Making Sense. That's an independent thing. Mm, great. September, September 29th, The Creator, The Kill Room, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, and Saw 10. God, September sucks. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't realize the movie I'm looking forward to the most is A Haunting in Venice. It's a tie between that and Expendables, I guess, because I look forward to seeing all those old ass action stars like be awesome again. So I guess there's that. I'm I can't say I'm really excited. The last time I was excited for a Saw movie was probably 2005, Saw three. That was the last time I was excited for one, and then they've just gone downhill ever since. I'm excited for the creator. I think it might be a cool sci-fi movie with John David Washington because I think he's pretty good in most stuff. But however, look- but that week's gonna, that that week saw ten for us. So if you watch the creator, you're gonna watch it on your like that's just mm. additional. So mm. or it could be a double theatrical, depending on what comes out. Three mm. streaming also does not have a lot coming out. Mm. So October sixth, mm. and we'll stop here. Cat person. I don't. Even, I I don't know what that is. Dumb money. Foe. Freelance. And the Marsh King's daughter. What the fuck? I have a feeling that they're just taking this time to just dump everything so they can collect the insurance money on. Unload the barrels, baby. Well, see, that's got from the producer of The Revenant, a big movie. That's Ben Mendelsohn and Daisy Ridley. Ooh. Ben Mendelsohn. I've never heard of it. Well, Ben Mendelsohn, I think, being the two the bigger name of those two, but Daisy Ridley, of course, is she's not a small name. Yeah, I just don't know. That's a, that's a weird. I'm looking at the poster now, and it's it, it looks very strange. But I mean, look, it just looks to me like they're just dumping movies that they've had in the can for a while. They didn't know when to dump them, and now they're just using the strike as a. Because I'm sure there's some kind of insurance behind the strike. Is well, sure, there's going to be insurance claims for all kinds of movies. It's a shame. Sure, but that's fine. And the week after is extra the Bel- the believer, which I'm sure won't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, but it was not going to do anything. And that's not thought that I don't want it to do anything. It's just that I just don't think it will. Uh, I don't want it to do anything. Well, I mean, if I don't, it's because I, I don't, don't like, like scary things. <laughs> I also don't like the director. I think he's a, I think he's a hack. He's okay. a hack. <laughs> that's just me. If you'd Lord like to come on the show to defend yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you are more than welcome. David Gordon Green, as always. Let's take a look you at what's streaming. Hack. <laughs> All right. What's streaming? This week is only two of us. There will only be two recommendations from Disney. That's how math works. That's we're we're mathing very well tonight. Let's talk about the Three Musketeers by director Stephen Herrick for one second. Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, Tim Curry, Rebecca De Mornay, nineteen ninety three. And if you're scratching your head, thinking to yourself you never saw it, it's probably because you never saw it. Um, it's uh, it's. <laughs> well, I mean that. Came out one way, but it meant to come out another way. Is it just? I've rewatched that recently. I didn't hate it, but man, is it a product of the early '90s? Man, is it a Disney product of the early '90s? It's campy. It it only works, I think, because of the campiness and the Three Musketeers, which are Oliver Platt, Kiefer Sutherland, and oh, Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they try to be too clever and not musketeerish, you know. Because it's funny how you see films come out. 
um, you know, some films come out in the Musketeers, it's like a very cutthroat thing, and other movies come out in their Disney movies in the mid '90s, which means they're not cutthroat at all. Mm. So it's a very strange product to look at, but it's a nice look back into that time period for me. I'm a huge fan of the period pieces of that time, especially the medieval stuff. I Dragonheart is one of my favorite movies by design. That's 95, I think, or 96, 99, 96. That's just a few years later, but the say a lot of the same, a lot of the same same uh, DNA is in that one from Three Musketeers as well. Roger, do you have you any memory with that one or no? So I remember watching it. I don't really remember the movie itself. I did remember the Kiefer Sutherland was in it. Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure most people have forgotten about this one because Disney didn't bring it back until recently anyway to their streaming, to their own streaming service, which is weird to me. However, I think it's worth a watch um, because you get to see those as, you get to see them as musketeers. And Tim Curry, which is, he is, he's always fun to watch. He's kind of a crazy kind of a character guy and he's just, he's off the charts over the top as uh, the Cardinal. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. And the same guy who plays... I forget his name. I didn't write it down, but the same guy who plays the uh, the sheriff of Nottingham in the '92 Robin Hood. You remember how like over the top that was? Alan Rickman? No, 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 not the sheriff. Uh, his like cousin, his stupid sidekick. His I forget who what's it, what his name was. Um, the guy who he kills because he fails him, but he fights no. Robin Hood a few times. Yeah, he plays pretty much the same character as. Um, Count like the, the Count Richelieu's guy who goes out and tries to find his musketeer. Literally, almost the same character, which I didn't I didn't realize. So I rewatched it weeks ago, but it's literally almost the same character. He's just nice. replaying again, which is weird. But I guess ninety two, ninety three, they would have done that. I just would have been, you know, just play the guy you, you played last year for Kevin Costner, playing for me too. All right, great. yes. And let's talk about Roger, one that I don't think I would have brought up only because I've forgotten it existed. Heavyweights. Yeah, but you feel bad that you forgot about this movie. I, I do, I do, and I'll tell you why. Is I've um I've watched it within the past two years, and it I think it still does hold up. Heavyweights by director Stephen Brill, Tom McGowan, Aaron Schwartz, Ben Stiller. That's right, Ben Stiller, yep. Tim Blake Nelson, and Paul Feig, nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. So Heavyweights is a it's a movie. Um, this is a very mid nineties Disney movie. Um, it's a movie about a place called Camp Hope, which is I mean it's a fat camp where you know big fat people were supposed to lose weight and it kind of gets overthrown because uh, Ben Stiller's character basically runs it as like a sweat camp. And uh, it, it's funny, man. It, it was like, I remember watching this cause like it was right in that age demographic for me, you know, seeing this and you know, it's funny. It's a good story. Um, it still holds up pretty well to this day. And I, if I remember correctly, this movie ended up on Disney channel a couple years later and it was like on all the time because it was like it fit right into where they needed it to be. So, and did you know, Grayson, did you know Heavyweights has a post credit scene? I know I did not. So, Tony Perkis, who is Ben Stiller's character, is going door to door selling healing crystals. That's <laughs> how it ends. That makes sense. Doing as, it a ma- poorly. as a matter of fact, I, I wonder if. If when Dodgeball came around, because Stiller had something to do with the creation of that, um, I, I, I wonder if that was because he just wanted to revisit that character from Heavyweight, because it's basically the same it's character. It's very similar, very yeah, similar, it, yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it, it's basically the same goddamn character. It's mm. a shame he didn't keep the name, too. I, I, That'd be hilarious. I feel like he should have kept the name, but Heavyweight's one of those movies that it cannot be made today uh, because people would be outraged. Look, if sure. those, because I don't know. 
I just thought that there was there was there was way too much controversy over an episode of Bluey lately about the dad mentioning that he might have to lose a few pounds in exercise. People lost their minds over that. They lost their minds over that. Can you imagine if a movie like Heavyweights came out today? Sure. What that would do is just it's funny because we always talk about rated R films like that we love from the late nineties, early two thousands that we laughed like, you know, stupid idiots back then and we loved it could never be made today. Because we think uh, bandit healers put on some weight, huh? That's that's what the episode was about. Yeah, he's it's getting thick. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, but it's for very different reasons why this movie couldn't be made. It's just people just wouldn't tolerate it anymore. People would be like, "That's so insensitive." And heavyweights is a time and place. But I remember really enjoying it when I revisited it a few years ago. As a matter of fact, I, I know what house I was staying at when I watched it. It was uh, this, for first ladies when I was here when it first came to Atlanta. So that's when I rewatched it two years ago. Yes, sir. But hmm. it was an interesting rewatch. It, I, I rather enjoyed my time with it. But other than that, I had completely forgotten it existed. <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. I'm like kind of a look at time and place there. Let's talk about some trailers. This is okay. a movie I want to, Okay. So let's talk about Ahsoka for one second. Okay. So it's Ros- not a movie. Sorry. Well, no, it's a, it's a show, though. <laughs> Rosario Dawson, Wes Catham, Natasha Liu Bordizo, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, Ray Stevenson, whom I love, David Tennant. Hayden Christensen. It's a mini series on Disney Plus. I don't know if you've checked out the first two episodes. You may have because they they have been released at this time. Yep. Uh, what do you? So, give me your give me your opinion of the trailer with having seen the first two episodes. What if I haven't seen the first two episodes? Oh, I thought you said yep, as you had seen them. Oh no, no, yeah, I meant yep, as they're all available. No, I haven't. I haven't watched it. Um, so he, here's the thing with Ahsoka, right? Like, I think that character is really interesting because if you don't know, she was. Um, Anakin's apprentice um, when he became, when he was granted Jedi Master. Um, to train with him, that sort of stuff. Here's the thing about these Star Wars shows on Disney+. Plus. They suck. I don't care about them much at all. Well, <laughs> the one I them. used to watch was Mandalorian. Then it kind of sucked. Now I don't care anymore. Well, they don't make them for us anymore, Roger. They don't make them for adults. They make them for kids. No. And it's so, a shame. I mean, maybe Ahsoka is different. And look, I, I won't judge it completely because I haven't seen it. And I won't be able to like, look, I haven't watched the Boba Fett stuff. I haven't watched any of those other things. I haven't watched Andor, which apparently Andor is actually good. Um, So sure, whatever. But like, look, this does big, uh, big numbers for them. And that's great, I guess. But for me, whatever. Well, here, just just two two minutes on the idea of. Ahsoka is I've had a conversation recently with uh, I'm going to have he's going to be a him and I are going to do an episode coming off about what's happened to Star Wars mm. um, maybe in a few weeks we'll do that over while well, we're both sitting unemployed because he also works and he's in payroll and production and I'm fired but I worked on my first show so he's always have a special place as a friend that I made on my first show of Super 8 but Aww. he <laughs> thank you for the sound effects appreciate that um, we're talking about it is they don't make Star Wars movies for adults anymore. They make them for the lowest common denominator. And we're not that anymore because we expect better because we remember when they were better. The f- six, four, five, and six. Now, six gets a little wonky, but still it maintains that same kind of higher quality writing, clever jokes. You know, you have Harrison Ford. It was still on. It still is absolutely on the upper echelon of the Star Wars universe as far as production. There's only one return, and it ain't of the king. 
it's of the Jedi. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so then let's talk about then episode three for one second. The crux, how you, I remember people talking about episode three is, oh, this is, this is the episode. Cause I was working in a movie theater at the time. And you know, the chatter was when someone's telling their friends, oh no, this is when all the Jedi are, this is when most of the Jedi are killed. Okay. I get it. I watched the movie when you first watched revenge of the Sith episode three. And I'm sure you watched it in the theater. Cause that was a big movie at the time. Sure. How many Jedi do you think were still around when you walk, walked out of that film? 300 and, million. No, be serious. Four. Yeah. Four. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like one to four. And of okay, course, look, Less than 10 for real. Yeah, for real. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought less than five when I was, but apparently with all these shows, there's like, there's, what are you talking about? There's like 50 Jedi that survived that attack. What, what is the problem here? Why is this so desperate? That's, that's my point when they're saying shows like this undoes everything. Can't that, you just make more Jedi anyway? Well, I mean, it takes time to, to realize who they are and train them, but I don't train know up why. The younglings? <laughs> younglings? Oh. <laughs> But he killed he killed younglings. All right, Ian oh McGregor. yeah, brother. Ian, Ian McGregor, you're better than that. I I know he remembers that day of shooting. He's like, oh, I regret that day so much. Fuck. <laughs> he just looks at that clip. Is like, what the fuck? God damn it, George. Lucas. I can't turn it off. <laughs> That's a, in my head. From the end of episode three until the end of episode until the the complete finality of episode six, nothing should be made ever in that time frame to help preserve what is good about the original Star Wars show. There should just be nothing. Nothing. Just don't touch it. Just just don't touch it. Why would you keep attempting to put stories there if they don't matter? And if you, you keep referencing these characters that the main canon films do not fucking reference, then why do you keep doing it? That's my problem with this, is they keep shoving stuff. Like, I was okay with... Um, what's the one with the... They steal the plans for the Death Star... Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One no. is an excellent Star Wars movie. That's the thing. Rogue One is very it's well It's not made. about Skywalkers. It's what none of these should have been asked about Skywalkers. Rogue One is a great movie in place. We knew when it was set. We knew what they were doing. We were just filling a time gap. And it, it is briefly mentioned in episode four. Briefly, briefly. But it is mentioned. So many of these other shows that take place in the same time period, they just don't matter because they're never mentioned. If they're not mentioned in the canon films, then, then, then to me, they don't exist. They don't matter. Well, thanks, Siri. Thank you, oh, Siri. Thank oh, you. Oh, Siri's all about it, it. 36 TV shows you didn't realize existed until this moment. Thanks, Siri. I oh, want you to do that. well, I'll start. Hold on. Read them off. Let's see how no, we're no, going. No, no. Let's just shift direction here. Oh, so anyway, that's what I wanted to say about. I just I'm gonna watch Ahsoka because I've heard decent things about it, and I've also heard decent things about Andor. So I may watch well, those too. I like Rosario Dawson. I think she's a very good actress. So she is definitely one of the better female leads. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, and um, Hayley like, is in it. So sure. But the thing, the thing, legitimately, and I'm not trying to knock Star Wars because look, if you love Star Wars, like I'm not, I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy in the world. We've talked about this. I mean, hell, I think on this show alone, I've reviewed the last several actual big Star Wars movies, so I, I try to give them a fair cut. Um, hell, I even defended Last Jedi for being a movie that people, I do, I didn't care if they didn't like it because they were just mad it was the movie that they didn't want, and boo hoo. But like. 
this stuff like it doesn't appeal to me anymore like it's not anything that i'm looking for and i'm not saying like i've grown out of star wars because you know there are plenty of people that are far older than me that are absolutely still enthralled with it but i mean i know it's not for me anymore and that's okay that's okay and look you know disney can make as much money as they want they can do whatever they want i just want them to have wins i want disney plus to be better quality stuff and look whether i watch or not if people say it's good hey that's great I'm happy for them, right? Because I agree. I agree. we've seen enough. We see enough stuff get you know returned and dribbled out, and it's just garbage. So if it is good and people are watching it, good. I'm glad for you, and I'm happy you like it. Well, I would say the same. Except remember when Star Wars didn't used to suck. <laughs> remember those sure. days? There was great days. But I just I'm gonna watch these two because Ahsoka is gonna be the main the focus of that special episode that Jeremy and I do. Counterpoint: uh, so, Star Wars okay. always sucked. Uh, there, there was a time I would have agreed with. I mean, look, Star Wars was never meant to be anything more than a B summer blockbuster. By definition, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. It was that part of the 70s that just caught on fire. And because of Star Wars, they wanted. I mean, you remember that movie Argo where yep. they were talking about scripts that never would have been touched when they're looking for a script to to pass off as a movie that could rescue these hostages is John Goodman's character was talking about scripts that never would have been touched had Star Wars not been so popular. Oh yeah, and absolutely. That's, and that's the point is Star Wars just was one in a million and it came along and all the pieces fit and it just lightning it baby. Yes, sir. But we've talked enough about Ahsoka. Um, yep. I'm sure there's people out there enjoying it. I hope Disney plus is. Hey, look, if you like Ahsoka legitimately, tell me why I should watch it. Somebody who doesn't care about Star Wars. Tell me why I should watch it. I agree. I don't anymore either. And that's, and it's a and like legitimately. Hey, look, if you got a good point, I got time, man. I'll check it out. But I will judge you harshly if I figure your opinion is wrong. Fair enough. All right, let's that's talk the game about, you play with me. That's the, that's the gamble. That's the flip of the coin. Let's talk about A Million Miles Away with Michael Pena. It's a feature. So, I mean, look, I'm down with this movie. I love Michael Pena. I think he's great. This is going to be like one of the American true story things. Good for him. I yeah. hope so. It looks love like, me a good astronaut movie too. By the way, love it me. has a good, it has a feel good vibe to it. It, yeah. it has a, it feels like it's going to be well written. It feels like it. Look, Michael Pena is, well, he's not a list. He's still a damn good actor when he wants to be. I mean, is he not a list? I'd, I'd say that he I is. I wouldn't call him a list. Tom Cruise is a list. Uh, Will okay. Smith is a. Well, I mean, maybe not. Will I mean, Smith so Michael Pena is like what B list? He's he's not a, but he's definitely the next tier. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Um, he's not on the Brad Pitt tier, the Tom Cruise tier. The, no, that no, that's that's fair. I didn't. I wasn't looking at the tier like that. But yeah, yeah. you're you're fine. Uh, but Pena's still a damn fine actor, and I wouldn't. I was I was watching it. I said, would I consider this that step back? Like I like I considered Jennifer Lawrence and No Strings Attached or whatever that No Hard Feelings. I, I wouldn't. <coughs> Excuse me. I would consider this a, uh, a a film that Michael Pena probably had to lobby for, and he got. He was very excited. He got, and it's it looks to be a you know heartwarming story. Um, we don't get enough astronaut stories. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I just I don't think we, we get enough of them. Listen, I'm a sucker for a good astronaut show. Like I legitimately have championed it on this show many times. Um, I love Interstellar. I love um, I love the For All Mankind show on Apple TV. I think it's excellent. Um, so give me give me a good story like that, and I'm here for it. Mm. Yes, sir. I mean, I have a few good ones myself. Actually, Roger, I kind of I mean, Apollo, I just few. watched Apollo 13 again just That's last a- week. Fuck, that's a good movie. I watched that like two weeks ago too at work. God, that's a good movie. 
that movie is just and like I look Tom Cruise, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, like yeah, it's got the gamut of excellent, excellent actors. Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise. Oh, sorry, Tom Hanks. Yes, yeah, wrong Tom. And uh, who? Uh, Ron Howard. Made Ron that. Howard directed yeah, Ron, that. Yep. Damn, that's a good movie. It's just yep. one of those movies that just it's it's almost like breathless. Like Last of the Mohicans for me is like Apollo thirteen. It just leaves you reeling. It's but, there. Yeah, yeah. Very excited sure. to um to check that one out. Rebel Moon. Let's spend a few minutes on this before we move into the movie of the week. But Rebel Moon by director Zack Snyder, Sophia Butella, Charlie Hunnam, Ed Skirin, Jen, sorry, Jenna Malone, Carrie Elwes, Anthony Hopkins, Jaiman Hansu, Cleopatra Coleman. It's a feature on Netflix by the very divisive Zack Snyder. What are we thinking? So about? we got us a two-parter monster movie, monster length movie, guaranteed, that has very, it's a very Zack Snyder trailer. It's got a lot of lens flare, got a lot of slow-mo. <laughs> um, so man, here's the thing. I don't know how I feel about this movie because like, look, on one hand, this movie might be badass, right? Like it might be incredible. On the other hand, this might be a shiny turd for well, real, for real. It very well could be. Zack Snyder doesn't have the best reputation to begin with right right now. He's kind of... No, but know, look, the dude knows how to make a big budget action movie. Give oh, no, him credit yeah, for that. He is a very competent big budget director. Absolutely. Yep. I, you cannot take that from him. And um, I assume that this movie cost them a half a billion dollars. Just because I know how Netflix inflates things. Well, yeah, because yeah, especially. And, and they've already... <laughs> because been, it's all money yeah. laundering. Gotcha. Absolutely. However... It's just, I don't know if people are there for these kind of, and you're going to say, well, Dune, people love Dune. Well, Dune is, Dune was a built-in established thing. But Dune was also, look, I don't, I would put Dennis Villeneuve on a very different level higher than Zack Snyder when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely. And here's the thing with Dune, Dune even having a built-in fan base like that was still, still a massive gamble that if Villeneuve hadn't done an excellent job, and trust me, he did, if he hadn't done an excellent job, we, we wouldn't get a Dune Part 2. It would have died on the vine, you know? But also, so. there's also things working against it. Like, I remember I'm you, Chris, and I talked about this. Talked about I'm, Dune for a long time. Well, we're, we <laughs> yes, give it to me, you cowards. Yes, I was it's Roger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we talked about Dune for a long time, and, and you, Chris, and I, we discussed it several times, and the fact that, there was that one article right maybe six months before Dune came out saying Dune could be a flop because this is about a white guy going to the desert to save all the desert people. And I'm like, that's such a weird thing to focus on, but the article's not wrong. Nope, it wasn't wrong. Especially but it still in, happened, it, and it, just, it did happen. In the political climate that we're in, it could have been a, it just could have affected, it just didn't because it was a yeah. well-made movie. Because we had us a white Christ figure. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk. So Rebel Moon, on the other hand, it is, is this a, book or some kind of so that's the thing with this so i saw this trailer a couple of days ago before you actually sent it to me i seen it um i have no idea what it's about and what it's based on uh probably you know as as we get closer to it we'll probably take a look at it but uh this movie is a two-parter so you know it's going to be a long one (laughs) exciting but you know, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out look i hope it's good because look if i have to watch a three-hour Zack snyder movie God damn it, it better be better than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> well, depends on which version you watch. Depends on which version you watch, but yeah. No, it doesn't. Uh, okay, discuss this. <laughs> um, Rebel Moon, I'm, I'm reading this straight from Wikipedia. Rebel Moon, uh, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, is an upcoming American space 
uh, epic space opera directed by Zack Snyder from a screenplay he wrote with Kurt Johnstad and Shay Hatton based okay, on so story Snyder also created. So this is original. So he wrote it. Okay, that's cool. Like, look, hey, I'm down for like original stuff. If there's one I thing hope, I like, I just hope he didn't try to build some giant world that gets overly convoluted. I agree. I 100% agree with you. And there's one thing I like more than like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. It's Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter without anyone knowing what's coming. Like there's no material that people are like, oh, sure. this happens. That, that is stuff. I'm like, oh, you just ruined it for me. Look, I want um, a good quality movie and it can be original. Hell, like I just want good quality movies. Like <laughs> shit doesn't have to be original anymore. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I do want to do an episode one, uh, maybe one time over if we have a slower time coming up because of the strike and whatever is going on with streaming and whatever. But talking about these big movies being on streaming instead of theatrical. A lot of people are really upset that this is not theatrical. They're saying, Zack Snyder, why would you do this? You make big budget films meant to be seen on the big screen, not at home and our TVs. A lot of people are really upset about this. And I don't know if it's going to have any kind of, I don't know how that's going to work or where the conversation is going to shift based on that. It, it, it won't do anything. People have no, because he just says, Hey man, everybody makes stuff for Netflix now. Is what it is, dog. Netflix gave me a check and they told me to write a number and they didn't care what the number was. I said, yes. <laughs> and look, money. Look, you want to talk about color? These look green. Speech he says, I got, he said, I got full control. And this yeah. is a fucking contract, bro. But look, if it's great, then we're going to be very happy. If it's awful, then it's a $500 million wasted budget. <laughs> and it's, I just want it to be good. I just want it to be a good movie a tight story, great characters that move me and make me want to watch it. I love it. You said great. I do. I'm okay with good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially with blue beetle. We're about to talk about in a minute is good's Okay. I'm very okay with good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that segue. Um, let's talk about, let's, let's move into the movie of the week then. Okay. We'll have plenty of rebel moon stuff to talk about in the coming weeks. So let's talk about blue beetle as the movie of the week. Very excited. Let's look at some, Let's get some particulars out of the way. Rotten Tomatoes. Now, tomato meter of 78%. Great hey, for, good for, for a DC movie. An audience score of 92. That's Very fair. decent. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what the Metacritic is setting at. I'll check. I've gone, Hang on. I've gone down a Metacritic dive lately with video games. Isn't Metacritic interesting? It certain stuff, the, especially the pieces they have written there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. guys are good. Well, it, 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 it's a very respected. Oh, it's a it's a 61. Okay, that's that's good. It's good. It's not great, but it's it's very watchable, and I'll I'll yep. take that. I'll definitely take that. So let's talk about some particulars for one second. And Blue Beetle is the cast is I think part of the reason why I like this movie so much. Zolo Muradina. Now he's your boy, Roger. He's from he Cobra Kai. He is. He's from Cobra Kai, which is and, a show I no longer watch, but not because of him. <laughs> and he is excellent as. Uh, as Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. He Jaime is excellent. Reyes, yes, sir. Uh, Adriana Barraza, Damian Alcazar, Susan Sarandon as the best Karen villain I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> True. I loved her in this. Uh, Raul Max Trujillo, George Lopez as... Trulio. I, That's how you Trulio, Trulio. Sorry, Trulio. My apologies, Trulio. And George Lopez as Uncle Rudy Reyes as a character I hated when the movie started, but by the end, I loved Uncle Rudy. So we before we dig into it, I want to say one thing about Rudy, okay? Like, Rudy is fine, but there's too much Rudy. <laughs> Fiend. Well, George Lopez is a comedian, and they must have wanted the name to pull people in and stick with. But I think the material that he has, he does a fine job with. 
Yeah, but I think, yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to harp on Rudy, but like there's a little too much Rudy. That's all. And also in the cast is Elpida Carrillo, Bruna Marquisnine. Why are you doing this to yourself? Harvey Harvey Guillen and uh, Gabriel Ortiz, directed by um, Angel Manuel Soto. Uh, This, of course, is um, it's a it's a DC property from, I think, the 30s or 40s? I heard someone Blue say. Blue has been around a long time. I don't know if it's that long, but I can find out. I think some of the pre-World War II, and if it's that, then I think, okay, that's, I think it's just the pre-World War II is what we're going to focus on here for the discussion. But um, that's, so that's the cast. So Roger, what's Blue Beetle about? So Blue Beetle is a, a very formulaic superhero movie of a young man getting superpowers. But he gets a little bit differently. He gets to end up basically being infected with a scarab um, that helps it links with his nervous system and helps make him a shape shifting super soldier. Bean. And then and also family. Yeah, sure. That's, <laughs> there's so much of that in this movie, but so let me ask you. You're you and Chris are absolutely the common. Blue Beetle started in thirty nine. God damn, I did not know that. Thirty nine, the same year World War II started. Thirty nine. Um, so what's your experience with Blue Beetle before this film? So um the Blue Beetle I'm most from well the recent version of Blue Beetle that I'm most familiar with actually comes from the DC animated, not necessarily the comic book side from the show Young Justice, which is one of their best animated properties. Uh, he is Jaime Reyes at that time. because um, Blue Beetle is normally portrayed by either one of two people, Jaime, the younger guy, or Ted Cord, who I'm really surprised how deep down they went the Ted Cord road here. Um, eccentric billionaire. Uh, Ted Cord, because, you know, that's what billionaires do in comic books. <laughs> um, they become superheroes, which is cool. Um, those are the two Blue Beetles that I'm most familiar with. Um, more recently, though, the the Jaime Reyes side. But so. Ted Cord, that, that's important, though, here. Ted Cord is very important here. As we go into the, uh, after the credit sequence, that's very important. And especially what sets up the daughter from giving the scarab to our boy Jaime is that's very important that all, all works. So I guess I, before seeing a trailer for this, I didn't even know blue beetle. I couldn't have told, picked that of a lineup of other, Oh, I couldn't have picked that of a lineup of made up comic book that I was supposed to pick out the word, the real one. I couldn't have done it. However, first thoughts, we're going to go into first thoughts here of what right, I want I'll do. I'm going to do first thoughts. Okay. First thoughts. Um, so this trailer sucks ass. All right. It's not, it's not great. This trailer is bad, bad. So like, look, um, people, if, you know, I know we got new people listen to us and, you know, again, thank you. But so I, I come from a personal watcher. I used to work in a movie theater. I've seen a million trailers in my life. Um, legitimately, if you make a bad trailer, uh, I automatically assume your movie is bad. Okay. Here's the thing. Listen, I'll eat crow when I have to. But in this scenario, this movie, you know, bucks that trend. But most of the time, and I'm not talking like 50 percent, I'm talking like 90 percent plus. I'm correct. All right. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. But if you make a bad trailer, you make a bad movie. Right. Because that's the one thing that's supposed to draw people to your movie, because you have to assume that no one has ever heard of it before. And if you put a bad first look out there. That's on you, man. And that's I all agree. you care about that movie. You've made the wrong choice. Well, you're 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 building the trailer from the movie, so yep. I mean, logic would tell you if it's a bad trailer, then you've you're only you're only picking from bad from bad content. 
Also, I really do subscribe to the fact, just more trailer science with Raj here, um, that all movies should have at most two trailers, no more. Most of them should only have one. I agree. If you're going to have two, one should be a teaser for the big movies. Yes, like that's right. Teaser and then the actual trailer. And then the actual trailer and then just done. And then a month before the – stop putting it on movies that are, the, the, that are coming out within six weeks of it. Just stop. So people forget about it. They're like, oh, I remember that trailer. I liked it. It's something that, you know, trailers have always, I've always my own thoughts on that. But so first thoughts after leaving the movie for myself was it felt like superhero movies before the Marvel takeover to me. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I know I told you guys that in a tweet, but I wanted to kind of elaborate, mm-hmm. expand on that a little bit is it felt like the Spider-Man, Spider-Man one and two. It felt like first two x-men it felt i I would i would say the original iron man movie as well well of course because it also the suit is like it's very heavily the art behind the suit is very heavily taken from inspired by iron man as well there's that and it's there's it just it felt like superhero movies used to feel special and they were a big deal and they made you feel something Marvel movies don't do that to me anymore. I don't feel like I'm watching a big spectacle anymore. I just well, feel like I'm watching a joke. You're anymore. well. The th- I don't. I, maybe jokes too harsh, but I, I get your point. But it's like they don't feel special anymore. Like introducing a new, a new, yeah, introducing a new superhero isn't really an event right now for Marvel, especially. Now look. <laughs> From the numbers that this movie's getting, it's not a very big event for DC right now either. No, it's not. But but I mean, here's the thing, and that and that's what that's what this movie unfortunately is is getting buried, not buried. It's not doing any real money, and that's unfair because I mean, if you think about the last couple of DC movies, what movies come to your mind immediately? Oh God, Wonder Woman is the first thing that comes to my mind whenever someone says DC. But okay, not the so, you want so Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman two, bad. Okay, Shazam two, real fucking bad. Okay, yeah. what? Well, well, I'm missing something in the middle here. But like those movies are bad, bad. This movie is not. No, it's, it's like shame. it's. And listen, I'm not saying it's some earth shattering event that everybody's like, oh, you got to go see Blue Beetles, the best shit you ever see, best superhero movie of all time. It's not that. But but it is very good and it checks all the boxes like, look, you know, it's got the uh, unsuspecting, un- un- unexpected superhero. OK, you know, regular assuming guy, you get a big family element, you get a sacrifice, um, you get a like redemption where the guy's figuring out his powers and you get a solid happy superhero ending okay like it hits every major box and like look you know sometimes we talk about formula in superhero movies or any movie like we talk about it in a negative perspective right we do that a lot because like look you generally get more points for doing something without formula that turns out good but look this this movie is as formula as you get and it still works because they don't screw up any point you know to get from point a to point b to point c to point d to the end of the movie they do everything you need to do now look they don't do all of them perfect and they don't ever do any of them bad but to be able to be so very consistent throughout this whole film i was really impressed by it okay because like the trailer that we get like look in the first trailer for this movie did you think his suit was cool well no i I know right you think it it looks iron man reskin yeah you think it looks whack (laughs) right yeah 
His suit's the, kind of fucking rad, bro. But see, well, after I mean, after you see the movie and like how it gets on him, I had a little more respect for this suit because that was kind of cool. How how they how they did that? We'll get to that. Yeah, how it burns his clothes off and he's always naked. I thought that was kind of hilarious. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Like the the Hulk when he goes down, he always has pants on. And why would he? Yeah. Ever have pants well, on? Jaime Reyes does not have pants on. Like his dick, his dick's out, bro. That's his, it. His dick is out. But you're you're right. So I didn't think about it, but like the Flash. You know, oh yeah, I forgot it. about the Flash. We so like the Flash is Flash was okay, but like, look, dude, it's not very good. <laughs> no, but we we liked it more than most people. I know that. But like, yep. Justice League was not well received. Shazam nope. two nope. was not well received. Shazam uh, one was not well received, honestly. And no, I actually liked not. that movie. Well, now where do you put the Batman, the recent Pattinson one? I don't count that in with anything along these lines. Well, I think Gunn's gonna because that thing is like it exists. It, it exists outside as of right now, though it currently exists outside of the ECU. Correct, correct. And until it actually is involved, I'll assume that it's by itself. And that movie's great, by the way. Bat- Robert Pattinson's Batman is awesome. I agree with you. It is a <laughs> it is excellent a very good... detective movie. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Affleck had something to do with convincing. I just saw this story. Bale has agreed to do a fourth Batman film with Nolan that takes 20 years after Dark Knight Rises. Ooh, old man Batman. That's so like, fine. yeah, I'm all, I've seen it for years. I wish he'd come back for one or two and I hope they spread it out to two because if they do, you got to kill him. Just fuck well, him. well, so here's the thing. The, the, um, the Dark Knight Returns, which is actually that storyline is actually a trilogy. <laughs> Well, obviously, there's, I'm gonna look. If there's Nolan, three if novels Nolan does, in that. If Nolan does it, I'm okay with it. If anyone else does it, I wouldn't be okay with it. But Nolan has proven that he can. Nolan knows he can make a movie in the Batman universe. It gets a little crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. But I'm 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 okay with that existing outside of anything DC is doing. Ooh, what if he's old it. man Batman for Batman Beyond? Ooh, Ooh that'd be so Batman fucking rad. You ever watch Batman Beyond? I don't think so. That is a cool story. So that's like old man Bruce Wayne, like past Dark Knight Returns age Bruce Wayne. Well, he may. He, he may do that. Mentoring a 19 or 20 year old kid to become Batman. See, that's cool. I also thought it'd be interesting if, completely aside from Batman, imagine you're watching the Batman show that we got. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. However, okay. you're watching it from the perspective of Detective Gordon and or... I forget what JGL's name was. Who cop? The cop is his name. Dick you're watching, Crimson, baby. Well, right. Oh, yeah, he's Robin. I forgot my own namesake. God damn it! Um, you're watching it from those perspectives. You never know who Batman is until the cowl comes off in the end. Imagine would that be as effective, or would you have to completely? That's just not doable. Oh, uh, it's probably not doable. Honestly, mm. I think. I mean, listen, you could probably pull it off, but it ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. I think it would be if you could somehow keep that a fucking secret for through two, two and two and two thirds of a movie without the public revealing who it was because they saw him on set for whatever yeah, reason. No way. That'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be great. But you're right though. I think it it could work as you'd have to bring him back as an old Batman who's almost like the Flash Batman. He's just he's old and jaded. He failed and he yeah. knows it, and he's that's it. He's done. Um, but yeah, very possible. Let's we should. You know, man of the conversation back to Blue Beetle, but sure. So far, Blue Blue Beetle passed the one the one question the one thing we ask of these movies just please don't suck. That's all it we does ask. Does not suck. The motto of our show is we just hope it doesn't suck, and it's the, the bar is low for a lot of movies. And that's <laughs> Netflix. I'm hey, talking look, to you. The bar is very low, and there are many movies that don't cross it. 
Nope, Netflix, we're talking to you, buddy. We're talking to you, Netflix. Actually, they pretty much, anything negative we say about movies, assume it's about Netflix unless we say otherwise. <laughs> That's very true. I will so, specify. So let's talk about Blue Beetle being formulaic for one second and why I okay. like it so much. Is We haven't sure. had that formulaic thing in a while. At least that works for me that we had in the early 2000s. Okay. He is from a family not incredibly well off. They are, they're about to lose their house. Um, yep. He, you know, so it's 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 very tropey to begin with, but that's not a bad thing. Tropey is not a bad thing if you handle it the way Blue Beetle hand. They kind of lean into the tropes and they embrace them instead of trying yeah. to trying to make it their own. Is he come? He he returns to his family, a college grad. They break the news saying that they're not. They're doing terribly financially. He feels bad. His the the community in which he lives is also not doing great, um, and he's looking for a job. Goes to a job to a very wealthy part of town. A very a very wealthy person is going to talk to him about getting a job after he gets fired. And he comes in contact with this scarab after it's given to him to hide from the powers that be who want it to, to replicate and do nothing but bad things with. And then he be- it becomes part of him, which yep. that's, you know, eclipsing it very, 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 that's the, the 30 second version. However, it works. And I don't see a problem with it being super formulaic if it works. How do you feel about that, Roger? I mean, that's fine. I'm okay with that. And I, I, I like the transformation from Jaime Reyes to Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes, especially when he learning the power of the suit, which was also very Iron Man-ish, I will say. Sure. The suit talks, talks to him, and he talks back to the suit, and they kind of know each other. Well, except for the fact that the suit can take full control over him if he wants, if the suit wants. Which I thought was an interesting... They did something interesting with that, was as far as like kill or no kill and then well, they learn about each other I, I love it because this movie goes back to what we've lost in the current marvel stuff and for the past 10 years have lost is choice pure and yeah. simple choice is what makes a hero now maybe we've lost it in marvel because marvel's just moved past it with all the origin stories already done and i and, and i understand that however i mean choice should always be a theme explored in every superhero film ever made because it's what makes them a superhero rather than the villain the choice they make to help rather than destroy and i like that i like that a lot in blue beetle i think it works very well Uh, you know he's just an average guy looking for not i want to say an average life he does he 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 wants to do great things however he needs that small stepping stone to get there and just got to get a job got to get a foot in your door baby that's why he that's why i like core tower so much and the daughter of you know, the court emperor is, is she kind of knows what's going on. Is, <laughs> Not emperor. Sorry, empire. <laughs> emperor Cord reporting for duty. And I like that. And she realizes that she needs to get this thing away from the evil Susan Sarandon character who, look, greatest Karen villain ever. I got to say, like, one of the best in recent history. Amazing Karen villain. Um, it's very, it's it, it all works. It's just, it just go, flows so well together. And that's what I love. And especially the emotion in this movie too, is, you know, I, you know, I glommed onto that immediately. You know, I did. Absolutely. And look like the emotional stuff here actually works pretty well. I thought it was pretty good. Well, they set up, I love how they set it up. The father was like, well, I had a heart attack in the beginning. Well, you know, he's going to die of a heart attack. I mean, he's pretty much uncle Ben for, for, for Jaime sure. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every superhero has an uncle Ben for sure. Canon. But, Canon event, baby. Well, canon event that propels your hero to the next level. Yes. Or rather forces your hero to go to another level. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that much I like, too, of 
I mean, I guess like some of the stuff I struggle with is maybe the villain here was maybe the the corporation as far as the men serving under I forget what what Susan Sarandon's name in this I I totally forget Victoria Cord Victoria Cord maybe she maybe like that's she's just too evil as a person yeah because she doesn't care about anything or anyone she'll step on anyone even her own family she doesn't give two shits about just finding this thing and weaponizing it. And selling it to the right people. All she cares about, maybe she's too villainous. What do you think about that? Nah, I mean, like, look, hey, man, I'm okay with, um, I'm okay with bad villains being bad. That's okay. Sure, sure, sure Totally sure. okay. I, I, I like that. I like the simplicity of now, Roger, I've been talking for a while. Please uh, chime in if you, if you can. So, I mean, like, look, so obviously we like this movie. So I want to talk about some stuff that I actually I liked about it, like specifically. So, like, I like that, you know, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I don't don't think we need to do a whole lot of plot breakdown here because, I mean, we do talk about how much is formula. So I like that, you know, the family gets involved. And I like that we get to the old Booster Golds, or not Booster Golds, old Blue Beetle um, lair and see a lot of old, tech that ted cord made and how it's used with like his sweet little beetle jet walking mech thing like look man is it stupid probably is it fun and fits perfectly in this movie yes it does right like you know the music's just blasting and you know they're stepping on bad guys and it makes like a bug fart thing that knocks everybody out like normally i would tear shit like that apart but in this movie it it works it just works and like people you know like the sister putting on the power glove looking thing that's a shield and the big fist or whatever like i'm okay with that you know when it works and it's done well and it's funny and it fits the the storyline i'm totally good with that and sometimes we just get too too wrapped up in things being clever and funny and all that stuff you don't have to be that clever. You don't have to be that funny. Tell the good story and have some of those elements molded into that. And you get a much better performance. You know what I thought about the, I thought was funny about the glove too, especially with the, uh, the retro look of the power glove, baby from the, from Nintendo. And especially when they say it works, well, sometimes it works, which the power glove is very very power glove. (laughs) It's it's very infamous for working about 50% of the time and then not working the other 50% of the time. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, yeah, the the video game nerd does a or the angry video game nerd does a great episode about that. A lot of people have done great episodes about that how it works. Look, that was tech way ahead of its time. Yeah, way it ahead was. Of its time. And you, I love how you just talked about like the like kind of the old fashioned like farting and stuff. I think that's kind of the old that's paying homage to the fact that Blue Beetle is an old comic from like 1939 or 40. Like that would have been. That would have been funny to read in that comic back then. That would have yeah, been like, sure. kind of edgy too. Oh, it, it farts on people, I guess. But uh-huh. I like that a lot. I um, I do like the, the all the all the Beetle tech, and and, and I like that Uncle Rudy kind of has a connection to it as as well. Sure. As, you know his character being the I don't know what you want. I don't want to call him like the the brother that failed of him and his him and his. That was he's that the black was, sheep of the family, though. Yeah, okay, okay, the black sheep of the family that. Uh, and 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 everything that that entails, as far as like the failures and everything, I like that. Especially when the father has a heart attack, I I like how they play Rudy as well. How it really affects him, at least for a little while, until he's until they're all you know, f- no one seems to care about Grandpa anymore. For at least thirty minutes, no one really cares about him anymore. But 
there's not really any time for mourning either in this movie, which I, I, I wish there had been. Wish there had been more time for like they'd had a scene of mourning, but maybe they, I, I assume they didn't do that because of what they wanted to put in later, which is the heavy, heavy emotional appearance later. Sure. Yeah, you no, don't, you I don't think that, that works, much. man. No, don't don't talk about that. But no, listen, I like that scene. It works, man. It really, truly works. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I really do think it does. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's, it, it, it's not campy. It's not hokey. But it does work. And it it it's something that Jaime's character needed. Yeah. At the time, especially where like. where That's why when we talk and, about yeah. formula, it's there when you need it to be. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong inherently with formula. And I don't. I know Chris always harps at like formula and predictability is a bad thing. I'm like, that's why I'm always like, I don't think it's a, it's not really only a bad thing. when it's a bad movie. Is it a bad thing? Well, only when it's used as a crutch or yep. like when it's used as like a, as, as a, it's just, it's not used correctly. Then sure. It's a bad thing. Um, but I see, I also want to talk about where does this fit in with, let's talk about the DC hierarchy for one second and where blue beetle fits in. Where will it fit in too? So that's before, the thing we don't before. we don't really know. Well don't did, really know. Did James Gunn say He said no. this is step one. Well, did he say that because DC needed him to say that so people would watch this movie or So I would like it to be now listen, I have no idea the answer the uh, the actual answer to your question, but I'm going to give the answer that I hope it is. Okay. I hope that James Gunn several months ago got to watch Blue Beetle and went, you know what? I like this. I can work with this. I want this kid in this role in my DC. That's well, Jaime Reyes is, he's a good, he is good. He's pure good. There's no evil in him. Yet. He is, he's a good person to be part of a larger team years and years down that we get another Justice League, whatever we're going to get. But he's a good kind of starting point for, the, the 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 DC morality because a lot of the DC heroes aren't they kind of like they're all like morally gray in a way some of them are dicks well that's my point though is like he's not a dick he's he's very you know white hat hero the Lone Ranger only do good never do bad kind of guy and I think you it's important for DC to have that in their roster because like Superman uh, I I think I don't think that works if Superman's again your point man for the DC universe. No, nah, he's pretty lame. I don't think about lame. I just wait. Look, I, dude. Sometimes Superman's lame. Well, because he's too perfect. Yeah, that's right. He's unkillable. He's uh, he's in, he's infallible. That's the thing. Is like he's not. I I almost didn't like the movies we got because because like why bring give? It's like Hercules. You can't kill Hercules. So I always had a problem with that stupid series with Kevin Sorbo because like you can never kill him. He's Hercules. You can't kill Hercules. Uh, but. I, that's why I like Jaime Reyes. That's why I want to ask that question is I like, do you think James Gunn saw the character he can work with and kind of integrate into his stuff or he just lesser of two evils wanted to soothe ruffled feathers at DC and just say, okay, fine. I'll incorporate blue beetle. Fine. What if I don't think it's either? Well, what if I think it's a combination of those two things? I think maybe he saw the character and how it's portrayed and said, okay, this is, this is pretty good. And, hey, because you guys made a good thing here, I want to keep this as part of my thing. But I want control over it <laughs> because I want some control over it. And that's probably where it's somewhere in the middle is probably where it stands. Okay, fair. So I want to ask that question before we get into how are we thinking about Palmera City? 
I mean, fake generic city. As fake generic city. I mean, look, it's clearly supposed to be like Miami. Like Florida right? Keys, Florida Keys, yeah. Miami area, something like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so that's what I wanted to ask you is, is Palmera City going to play a central location going forward in the DC universe? I wonder, because this is the first. Of I mean, how many, how many big fake locations do you need? <laughs> well, you don't. I mean, Metropolis serves as that. I mean, Metropolis, Gotham, Central City, where the Flash is. You know, I I I did appreciate all those like, um, like the Gotham. Someone had a Gotham uh, University. He had a Gotham Law shirt on. Gotham Law, yeah, yeah. I I I did appreciate all the all the attention to, uh, like the bigger cities that they weren't in, but they were close to perhaps in this fictional universe. Well, they directly reference Central City as well because they said you could be that for us here like the flash is for central city like that's my point is if it's referenced then well, i don't know if that was written if that was done before the flash was like okay well ezra miller said what he said but we've already shot blue beetle so we can't edit it and we can't take it out um no, i mean the, so here's the thing whether it's ezra miller or not the flash is always going to be part of dc well fine but i mean it's going forward he's not going to be part of guns d at least at least Ezra Miller Flash will not be part of Gotham. Probably not. DC. No, that's fine. So, but they do reference Gotham. They do reference Central City and another superhero, Flash. So I I think it's a safe bet that Gunn did, is going to think that he can work with this in the grand scheme of things, in the, in, in the mm-hmm. longer scheme of things. It's safe to say that this is where we're starting. And, 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 and that's okay because this is a half-decent movie. Yeah. I would say it's not quite Man of Steel quality, but it's close. No, it was, okay, so... That that was that was okay. I didn't know if you bring us up, so I'm glad you did, right? So I think in DC World, okay, and I'm I'm gonna be dork for a second, which is fine. In DC World, I think this is as close to Man of Steel as you get for a decent introduction of a new character at the time. Now, not because they're similar movies, because they are not, okay. Um Man of Steel actually isn't very former you like, which is kinda it's it that's what makes Man of Steel different, okay. And the fact that you ruined such the greatest character for Superman you could ever have in Henry Cavill. Fucking idiots. Um, (laughs) That being said, I think comparing it straight up to Man of Steel, scale for scale, number for number, and value to DC, I think it's almost a perfect match. If you appreciated what Man of Steel was for a movie and how you thought it could drive DC forward, and you like that, I think Blue Beetle fits everything you would want it to fit, and that's a good, that's a very good thing here. Um, DC needed a win, and I think they got one. Now, look, financially, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know how much this costs, and I'll, I'll probably look that up here in a minute. But like, look, it's not going to make its money back. I assume it costs a hundred million, which is actually on the low end for a heavily CGI superhero movie. Okay. I assume it won't make its money back, at least domestically. But I hope that they see that the story that they have and the characters that they've developed through this movie are worth keeping around. Because I want to see... I would like to see more of this character. And I don't need him thrown in with 20 other superheroes in some flash, you know, some weird scene, you know, blending a bunch of people fighting each other. Like, I want this dude to have a more developed story. Like, I, I like this character. And also, if Blue Beetle exists, that means in a perfect world, I might actually get to see Booster Gold, who I think is one of the most badass superheroes that DC ever totally underutilizes, um, actually on the big screen. But I think he's getting a show of his own or something like that. 
So is he is Booster Gold a uh, a Blue Beetle villain or no? He's a good guy. Oh, he's a good guy, and okay. no, he's, he's a funny dickhead. So dickhead, okay. Hmm. He's like if I was in shape and had superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that's an interesting way. To also, look at. that dude would rule. Well, so the, the the whole Man of Steel comparison is interesting. I thought because it, it is if if this is starting it, just like Man of Steel was starting it, then this is a this is an okay starting point. Yeah. Well, no. It, it, here's the thing: Man of Steel didn't set any records, man. It wasn't it wasn't an Oscar. It wasn't a ten out of ten movie. It was very serviceable. But yeah, it was a good starting point. It was an okay start. Well, what we couldn't have known is what would happen over the next decade with DC of just tumbling down into oblivion. But that's what happened, man. That's that's the sad part of what happened. However, it did happen. So I hope we can. I hope Blue Beetle goes forward. Now let's talk about some other characters in this. If you're going to move forward with Blue Beetle, do you, see? I think you and I are going to be different on this. Do you keep Uncle Rudy in yep. the loop? I do. So I do. I so here's the thing. I know it's going to sound corny. I think you keep the whole Reyes clan. I think you keep them all together. Well, the one thing I didn't like was the grandma. And you know exactly. I didn't like her picking up a gun and going crazy with it. Well, so listen, listen. Grandma came from Cuba, bro. So she was a freedom fighter. I actually, at least I understood those references and I was down with that. Well, I understood them. Is it it heavy handed? Sure. Very campy. Very. Yeah. It's (laughs) here's the thing, though. Is it out of place in this Blue Beetle movie? No, it's not out of place. <laughs> I would say it's kind of bordering on it, but no, okay. I don't think it is. Now, let me ask you this. The sister, d- d- does she become anyone as a, like... No, I don't believe so. Because she's been introduced to the tech. She has a piece of the tech. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of cool, though. She has. I a mean, piece look, it tech. never hurts to have a guy in a chair. Mm. That's correct. Calling out all the plays. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the cave, the old Blue Beetle cave for, for, for one second. I thought that was really cool, too. Under Cord Mansion? Hell yeah. Especially how it connects, especially how we find out that her father was the original Blue Beetle and all this, all that tech was his. And they're, they're, they're using old tech to, I mean, it, it, it all makes sense within the, uni- within the universe that this Blue Beetle movie has set up, which sure. is what I, what I appreciate because oftentimes in superhero films, things just, oh, of course they've got this, or of course they've got this vehicle, or of course that flies, or whatever. Of course that okay, shoots a let, missile. Let me ask you a question. Okay, and I want to talk about the, the mansion for a second. So did you see the picture on the wall of the family? I did, but uh, I mean, go on. Okay. Who did Ted Cord look like to you? I don't know now. I mean, I did. I w- who? Now look, now listen, this is not a clarification, but I looked at that picture and I immediately thought that dude looks like Jason Sudeikis. Oh my God, it could very well be. Because <laughs> like, look, look, he fits the right age. <laughs> uh, I was typing Blue Beetle Ted Cord picture and see what comes. Oh no, he doesn't. Oh, you're talking? No, yeah, it only, it only brings up in the animated stuff. Um, I know what picture you're talking about. I don't remember it well enough to see it's like discern Sudeikis in my head though but if you think so then I think it did not like look I'm just speculating because like I think Sudeikis is awesome I thought he was awesome before I thought he was awesome before Ted Lasso but like look this is peak fame man that's it you're right this is absolutely peak I mean Sudeikis has never been bigger than what he is right now so wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing and he's I mean he's done movies where his character is kind of similar like I know it's a weird comparison, but like we're the Millers, 
mm-hmm. they're going to get that. Like, it's not too dissimilar from like a superhero dad protecting his family in, in a weird way because he does do that. So, I mean, Sudeikis can do it and he can do it well, I think so. I mean, I, I would not be opposed at all. I don't think he's going to be the older Blue Beetle, but... No, listen, I just think you... I, I just immediately saw that picture and thought it looked like him. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, so. anything goes, I guess, but... Yeah. Um, I like the old, the old hideout and the old pay attention to the old tech. Now, they must have... I mean, there must be something with because they did that in Flash also when they're going back to all the old Batman tech that was mm-hmm. decades old too. So they must have someone must have decided they were gonna that was a, th- a theme at least in these two movies. They wanted to go back to the past in order to move forward. Sure, nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong at all. I don't think. But I, I actually really enjoyed, especially when Rudy was able to like he understood the tech and was able to use it because isn't Rudy's like a tech guy? Yeah, Uncle Rudy is a you know he's a. He's a guy that understands machines and how they work. Sure. Which in a superhero universe isn't a bad guy to have around because, you know, gadgets and all that. Nope. Not the worst. Um, let's talk about some, let's talk about Sarandon's character and the villain of, um, played by Victoria. Raul Max Trujillo. Yep. yep. Let's talk about him for one. one Carapax second. is his bad guy name, which is a kind of a sweet name. Let's just be honest. But what are we thinking about, about Carapax? What do you think about his, uh, his suit and his fighting the Blue Beetle with it. So he has the OMAC suit, okay, which is the one-man army idea, okay? One-man army core is what OMAC stands for. Um, so OMACs are actually a big deal in DC, at least for a little bit. Like, there are a couple of things that end up OMAC-related. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, look, so they have the Scarab, and they're, they're trying to figure it out, and this is the kind of the tech that they derive from studying the Scarab without it actually you know, connecting to somebody. Um, so that's, that's what they get out of it. And I mean, listen, it's got, makes you pretty strong, not like super jacked up, but like it makes you be a problem. (laughs) And, uh, so when they tap into that later on and they like maximize the OMAC thing, I thought that was kind of interesting that like, it's a super suit and it would just, it just amplifies the person inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, Really kind of like the artistic way that they did that also. Although the fight was, unfortunately, I think the fight was like generic suit superhero fight. Yeah, no, and that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, of course it was. (laughs) I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. No, but like, like, look, I'm not surprised by it. It, I don't really hold it against it, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like, if you don't see that that fight's coming, you know, you shouldn't be surprised by it because I mean, ultimately it is, it is what it is. I agree, and it, it is well. Of course, it's coming, but you don't. What happens after the, the? I find that's what happens after the fight is what I find most interesting about yep. those two inter- interactions. But I don't want to get into right now. But again, choice is everything, and choice. Is yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to spoil anything like that. Because, so, like, look, you know, normally I don't care about spoiling things, but like, look, I want you people to go see Blue Beetle, and I want you to be happy and a little bit surprised about which what happens. So. There you I go. agree. I, I I wish Blue Beetle was doing better than it's doing because I expected a, again I expected a, a garbage fire and we didn't get even close to that. So the, the complete other end of the spectrum, which is what I can appreciate for absolute sure. <laughs> what else you want? What else want to? What is there anything you didn't like about Blue Beetle? Let me ask you that. You know what? Not really. So like, I mean, look, I joked about it early on. Like, look, I don't mind the character of Rudy. But I think, you know, you made a point with George Lopez, like they had to get him on, like, because he's, you know, he's a higher billing of this movie. I think he's, I think it's a little too much, just just a bit. I'm not saying we need to cut like half his screen time or nothing, but, 
you know, I don't need Rudy's opinion on every single thing the the Reyes family does. <laughs> you know, that's that's all I'm saying. Well, but a he's, little much. But George Lopez's timing is great. Like, for example, when Jaime jumps off, he you know puts the well, one of the first times he actually like dons the blue here the blue beetle suit and flies off and to go save whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. But then we cut back to. Um, we, we, we cut back to the daughter of Cord and Rudy and Rudy's like, well, back to my Tacoma. <laughs> yep. And it's like, that's, it's funny. And I wonder if somewhere in, in the studio, they were like, well, if he's funny enough, people will remember him and laugh and remember the movie and maybe they'll want to see it again. I wonder if that mm-hmm. was kind of their thinking and kind of, cause you're right. He does have more screen time than most other uncles would in that well he i would argue and listen i don't have these times but i bet you he has like the sixth most screen time you know um jaime victoria carapax um what's the daughter's name and the sister and then rudy rudy has more time than dad mom grandma and dad has a whole scene with just jaime you know what i mean he, he does. Um, it's you're, you're talking about the emotional scene. Yeah, he does. And I, I would say Rudy still has more screen time than that. I would say you're probably right too. And he's he's very he's instrumental though in the end of the film too, is helping Jaime not die in a certain in a very critical moment. Jenny is the daughter's name, by the way. Jenny, sorry, I, Jenny, I forgot yeah. Je- an easy name like Jenny. Jenny Cord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cord I, I also can. speaking speaking of also I also like the. We've kind of moved away from that kind of, as far as using it on screen as a trope. But like, I like the idea of, you know, they're both very obviously into one another, but they keep yeah, pussyfooting around it, and it's like, but like, I I think that again, I think that works in the movie's favor in a way that kind of harkens back to like, oh, it's kind of innocent flirting in people's minds. I really think people like that, and that's I wish we got more of that in these superhero films. I'm not always, I mean given where we are today, 2023, you know, might not always be the most popular thing, but I like that where you kind of go back and forth, you know, she likes him and he likes her and, but they don't ever say it, but they're kind of dancing around the whole goddamn time. And, yep. you know, it's just, I like, especially in the end when he finally works up the nerve to kiss her and he kiss, it's just, it's a great moment. And it's like one of the better moments of the movie too, because you know, it's coming and it's a, it's a great buildup too. Yep. This, this is a movie to say that has a couple of really amazing moments. I would say it's got like four really great moments. I don't want to, you know, I they're for my own reasons, but I would say there's four great moments in this movie, which is more than most movies have. At least two or three more than most movies have. So yeah, I'm this for movie, one. Movie yeah, works. Very, very happy with this with the, with this movie. Uh, I'm I'm also very happy with how it ends. How how some of the characters make the choices that they make i i i thought it was below dc i thought or i thought it was too above dc to make some of those choices but they surprised me see when you when you actually sit down with writers and you and you you come up with a script that's okay you get an okay movie dc yeah hey look at that <laughs> they don't all have to be bad i mean look so i assume like uh when this dude's writing this like somebody actually had him around and be like hey man maybe we shouldn't do like the worst things we could do and it's like Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. But also, yeah, you know I mean, every Aquaman, now and then, somebody telling you you shouldn't do something is a good thing. Aquaman was also pushed, now that I think about it. 
Oh, that's right. It was off of Christmas, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still slated as Christmas, but it. it, I saw stories that it is definitely pushing in twenty twenty four. So again, it's again two big movies pushed completely gone. One of them a DC movie, but I, I I wonder if it's got anything to do with the whole with the James Gunn thing or it's the strike thing and it's got it pushed. I assume for, unless I hear otherwise that it's a strike related thing for a push right now. I would imagine, or some things are just worried about COVID coming back and they don't want to be in that time frame when COVID yeah. could be shutting things down again. I, I don't know. It's a tough, we've been through All this. Right, so before, before we wrap up blue beetle, cause I you know, feel like it's about time we do that. I would like to talk about my movie theater experience with blue beetle. Okay. Okay. I went to see Blue Beetle at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday afternoon in the largest house our local theater has. And would you like to guess how many people were in there? I don't even know. What it, five. One. Me. Alone. <laughs> Wait, what time was this? 11 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So 11 to 11.25 for actual movie start time. Isn't that how you prefer to watch movies? Is by Oh, yourself? God, yes. <laughs> Sweet God, yes. I get this big giant television all to myself. <laughs> Leave me be. Um, well, why do what's so tell me what what is about the movie theater experience that you wanted to bring that up? Uh, it was perfect in every way. Thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it was not like that for me. Um, I was in again, I, I went to I, I always say Madison Yard. It, it's a very nice theater and for AMC, very, very clean. The seats are always never have anything sticky. There's nothing sticky on the floor. The bathrooms are immaculate. I love But AMC you go to a theater where the bathroom doesn't stink like piss. <laughs> it, How is it even a real movie theater? Because <laughs> the one in the one in St. Clairsville, that it just it's a pure pee smell. It's it's piss. <laughs> it's, you know what it is. Well, yeah, because it smelled like that when I was working there in like 2002. Yeah, it's yeah, like- no, 20 years of piss. <laughs> and the ones in uh, in Marquee, they're just up there. They're not. They just don't clean them enough to. Matt, I mean, half those urinals have been out of commission probably since you were there. Uh, they've not fixed them, but yeah, that's it's so nice to go to a theater with actually takes care of its stuff. But I think it actually helps because and I'll tell you why is there's always people there now i don't know if it's because it's atlanta and there's just there's just more people. times but there's yeah. always i don't think i've ever seen a movie even early like a because they they did up until about last week they did like nine or ten a.m showings for a lot which God, was, they took those away from which me which is what i love because on sunday mornings i just go get them out get it the dude they're, they're the best saturdays and sunday mornings perfect yeah I mean, incredible but there's always people in there there's always like 20 or 30 people there and that's what i appreciate i think it's because it's a cleaner theater and people know that it's a little more expensive i think it's like 17.99 for a ticket but not with a list thank you very Mm-mm. much i pay 20 bucks a month i pay 20 23.99 but i get to use it in every state but point is if, if one ticket is 17.99 if i watch one movie there i've almost paid for the entire month and i get 12 free movies yeah. for free so amc yep. list is a hell of a value you see the visa pass is trying to come back, by the way. I oh, dude, I keep getting emails. <laughs> get emails too. I'm like, just put you just stop. You know what's stop. funny? Because I've actually looked at their pricing scheme. It is awful. It's terrible. It's, it's fucking it's terrible. terrible. Like, are you trying to actively repel people from your service by making it confusing as hell? Anyway, yeah, that's all hundred percent. All right, no, so let's uh, let's let's score up Blue Beetle here. All right, let's let's go. Okay. Do you want to go first or second? I've thought about this for days now. I watched it early because I knew I had a busy weekend. I guess you want to go first then. Okay. So I watched Blue Beetle several days ago, and I've been thinking about it for several, several days. So I had a big weekend. I had very, very busy. I wanted to get out of the way. So 
going into Blue Beetle, I guess I expected somewhere in the range of, and I want to start doing this more. It's like before we say our score, what well, what we expected to score it, somewhere in the range of a three to five is where I I was supremely confident Blue Beetle was going to land. However, I'm mm. very happy to give this movie a six. Mm. I think it's nice. a it's a very watchable superhero movie that makes it that makes you feel like you're watching a movie from before Iron Man or even Iron Man itself. Sure. And those are good because those are as bad as some of those are, they're still well written. They still have great character dialogue and great moments in the films. Especially like Spider Man, Spider Man Two, great movies. I mean, it's no Thor Dark World. That's pretty bad. But Yeah. Oh, you're I saying know. it's not that bad. Okay. No. But I'm pleasantly surprised to give it what I did. And the whole time I was riveted by Blue Beetle. I was, uh, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, God, I want to go watch that again. And I don't, you know, it's, I'm very happy to give it a six. Awesome. So what I expected coming in was bad. I mean, I'm talking like two to four bad. Well, I mean, look, bad trailer, bad movie, right? Correct. You know, it's, I'm, I'm very rarely wrong. And trust me, that trailer is bad. Um, like, look, man, Blue Beetle's a solid six. Like, I liked it. It's fun. It's colorful. The CGI looks good. Like, they did a good job here. And like, look, it's not the greatest move I've ever seen. Hell, it's got plenty of problems, but it does enough things right that it, it's it's a good movie. Um, I I would like to watch Blue Beetle again. I'm not going to go back to the theater and see it, but I will happily watch it on digital. Um. But I think more people should see it than what they have. And I think when you do, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So Blue Beetle was a solid six for me. Yeah, and that's a good number. I mean, it's a good, it's a solid six is a good starting point, too, for for DC. Listen, which, if every movie's a six, you're still doing okay. I think so. I think as long as you, as long as you shoot for a six and sometimes you happen to get a seven, eight, or a nine, that's great because as long as you always... Well, you should always shoot for the 10. Well, always, of course, you end up at a 6, sure. <laughs> Not a big deal. But if you shoot for a, an okay movie, every if, if you get an okay movie every time, then your reputation starts to build back up as people are like, okay, I'll go see that. Sure, why not? So that's all I want is people back in the seats. And Blue Beetle is definitely a tribute to the theater experience, which, again, I think also there's enough going on with all the glitz and the glamour and all the flying around really quick and all the all the neon colors and that's yeah, it's it's a bright colorful film there's enough going on that i think this is also a movie that you should see in the theater if you have the opportunity i'm sure it'll be great on everyone's television you see it you watch it however you want but this is one of those movies i think like mission impossible you should definitely see on the big screen if you have the means to do so i, th- I think that's important for your reception of the movie i really do i think you'll like it more i think you'll remember it more fondly than if you watch it at home. I really do. It's just one of those movies that I think benefits from uh, movie theater viewing rather than home viewing. So, Sure. All right, Roger. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. I don't know why I didn't say the whole word. Evening. Indeed, sir. This has been episode 345A of For Love Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two. Rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show at Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. And I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the show on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. 
And next week, we're going to be checking out Gran Turismo. And you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah from Netflix. By the way, that's Adam Sandler, if you didn't already figure that out. <laughs> so, you know what I thought was hilarious about the bug jet thing? What's that? When he stomped on like three people in a row because I'm like, hell yeah, step on him. Do it. And they were dead, like impaled. Dead, dead. Super <laughs> dead. Like, there's no coming back from that. Dead. No, dead, dead. <laughs>